Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for Startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, November 27th. I'm Ben Berkley here with Sarah Freeman, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Really sorry that you're even back after a long holiday weekend, but let's talk about what we're getting into today. If you followed tech news this year, there are probably two things that come up more than anything else. One of them, this little thing called artificial intelligence, and then quite unfortunately, the other thing, layoffs. There have been about a quarter of a million layoffs in tech just this year, and while workers have been feeling the pain, there is actually one unexpected landing spot emerging for those workers, which is the U.S. federal government. In today's top story, we're going to talk about the Fed's push to recruit tech workers. Along a struggle, Uncle Sam's got a little momentum. We'll tell you more about what's going on there, but first, let's catch up on everything else making headlines in the world of business and tech today. As Sam Altman and OpenAI return to whatever passes as normal after last week's shenanigans, the company's interim CEO from last week, Emmett Shear, formerly of Twitch, is recovering from his stint, which by his count was 55 hours and 32 minutes. Moving on to Meta, 33 U.S. states allege that Meta knowingly has millions of users under age 13 and collects data on them, which you can't really do. If that is true, we'll find out after a very long court battle, I'm assuming. Meta would face fines of up to $50,000 per child, which again, that's millions of users. Meta denies allegations. Again, we will see that one playing out in courts over a very long time, let's assume. Just looking at the weekend in shopping, New Jersey's American Dream Mall, which is the second largest mall in the U.S., was evacuated minutes after its 7 a.m. opening on Black Friday due to a bomb threat. That turned out to not be the case, and the mall reopened about two hours after the evacuation. The thing is, the numbers overall for Black Friday might not be so affected by things like this. Shoppers spent a record $9.8 billion online this Black Friday. That is up 7.5% year over year. Let's talk about Spotify. They are increasing the minimum track length for functional noise to two minutes. Functional noise is, you know, things like rain sounds, white noise, whale sounds, if that's your thing. It's also going to make functional sounds worth less than music. This is an attempt to limit bad actors who are gaming their streaming royalty system, which I I think is just whales at this point. So sorry about your lack of profits this year, whales. It's going to be a tough one. And before we get to our top story, I want to talk about Life at Sea Cruises, which is a company that was planning a three-year, 400-port voyage. But here's the thing, their inaugural voyage didn't happen. It's canceled 
because the company never acquired a boat. Passengers, they're not happy. Many of them sold their homes knowing that they were going away for three plus years. And this is also about a 30K per guest per year, all-inclusive cruise that we're talking about here. They're promised speedy refunds from the company after this cancellation. But given that people really blew up their lives for this, not really expecting those, you know, refunds to just kind of people to call it quits and be like, oh, we're, we're, we're fine now. That's a big blunder. Also, that said, three years at sea, that doesn't sound great to me. So maybe they dodged a bullet. I guess we shall see. All right, let's move on to our top story today. We are looking at the U.S. federal government, which isn't exactly known for being nimble. Well, they're, they're getting a little bit better at making quick and savvy moves in the tech talent wars. They're bolstering their pitch for technical workers. And what do you know? It seems to really be working. Sarah, you dug into the story in today's newsletter. Can you start us off with a summary of what you found? Yeah. So as we all know by now, it has been a rough year in the tech industry. More than a thousand tech companies have laid off an estimated 414,000 workers globally between 2022 and 2023. But surprisingly, one employer is still actively hiring and it's the U.S. government. So they are kind of taking advantage of a time that's been tumultuous for big tech companies, and they're trying to lure those employees over to government jobs. So the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs hired a thousand workers into tech jobs in the last year, and they even increased the average salary by 18,000 just to be more competitive with the expected salaries at these big tech companies. They also made jobs more accessible, so they've tried recruiting through things like LinkedIn Lives and conferences. I think a problem has been just the accessibility of these positions and finding out about them in the first place. So they're looking to improve their recruiting. And earlier this year, the government's Office of Personnel Management, which is essentially their HR department, made it a goal to hire 22,000 workers into public sector tech jobs. So there's a big push happening. I mean, congrats to Uncle Sam on kind of getting it pulled together. I think this has been a really big weak spot over time. It seems like I'll even draw into um, some some personal experiences looking once upon a time, looking around and thinking, oh, it might be really nice to try the public sector. And like at that point, basically everything was like, you have to move to D.C., and the pay was a lot less. There was just a lot of friction. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are just not going to be interested. I'm going to be like private sector all the way. But for those who were able to be persuaded, they weren't doing a great job. So you kind of suggested that it's working? Yeah. I mean, so far, it looks like it is. There's something called the Tech Talent Project, which is a nonprofit that essentially helps the government recruit for these types of tech jobs. And in October, they had more than 3,000 people register for a career event, another 1,000 on the wait list. So there's definitely demand there. And as we've seen tech companies struggling that a bit of the opposite is happening with the federal government and local governments. Um, Biden signed a $1 trillion infrastructure law in 2021, which included a billion dollars poured into cybersecurity grants for state and local governments. So money is flowing in the right direction here. And I think it makes sense that talent would follow. 
Yeah, I feel like this is, I guess, ultimately more than anything, this is like a story about timing. The way the government works is it's slow inherently. It's always going to be that way on, on some level. But like if you're talking about money that was released in 2021 and then what do you know, there's 2022 and 2023, there's just like tech layoffs galore, unfortunately. So I think that like obviously then it becomes this push of can you connect that money with the right people and actually get the word out there. And, you know, it seems like they're also doing a good job of setting up hubs. You can see jobs now in Seattle and Austin where what like that's going to work a lot better than D.C. No offense, D.C. It seems to really be headed in the right direction. And I, I do feel like timing is is everything for the government here. Yeah, as you said, government's not known for being the fastest machine. So I think that's definitely kind of the biggest roadblock here, especially for employees coming from big tech companies where the hiring process usually moves very quickly. Um, They're used to, you know, using certain technologies, even if it's just like Google Calendar or you become accustomed to certain norms. So I think small things like that actually add up to, as you said, introduce a lot of friction. So that would be something to overcome. But in theory, this could be a win-win if they play right on this timing. Of course, if you're listening to this and you are in the market for a job in tech, just want to give you like the really hot tip. When you try to apply for jobs at NASA, they do require some basic understanding of like science, which did not lean in my favor. But hey, maybe if you can like display that you understand what's actually going on up there, as opposed to just kind of like, ooh, space, that's pretty cool. It, it, it helps. Disappointing to hear because I definitely was about to throw my hat in the ring for director of flight projects at NASA because... I mean, what could be cooler than that job? That's going to do it for us today. Thank you for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Ezra Trupiano, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get that done. Get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email, and we will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.